Hey, this is Eastlake BBA, and this is our podcast. We want to thank you for joining us today. We hope this inspires you. We hope this builds your faith. Enjoy the message. My name is Bernie. I'm an alcoholic in recovery. Bernie. In the big book, page 58, it says uh, our stories to close in general way. What we used to be like what happened, and what we are like now. Strength and hope. First, I'm gonna start, you know, as a kid, I was, uh, I was always into church. You know, as a young kid, man, I did, man, I did. Since I was, I can remember, five, six years old, I was always in church. You know, every day we're at church. You know, did my communion, confirmation, I mean, I did it all. You know, by age 14, I lost my way with God. I started, I stopped believing. You know, I lost my faith. You know, I had a dad that uh, had an alcoholic problem. You know, he was an alcoholic. And I remember when I was a kid, I always just say, man, I never want to be like him. But I ended up like him. You know, um, as a young kid, I always wanted to be a professional soccer player. You know, that's all I wanted. You know, I was pretty smart in school. I had a 4.2 grade average. And um, I blame my dad for everything, you know, when I should have been blaming myself. You know, um, I didn't receive the love and relationship like a father and son should have. So instead I went and looked for, for a, I joined a gang. So I became a gang member at age 14. And that's where I thought I would find love and you know, father figure something. I was lost, blind, you know, and um, I lost my way, I did, you know, because now my, life st- my, uh, my lifestyle got in the way of everything. You know, now I thought I was Al Capone, you know, think I was big and bad. You know, I end up going to jail now, you know, even though I had a house in age 14, I, I didn't never want to be home. Because my dad uh, used to abuse me uh, physically and mentally, but physically it was pretty bad. And I never wanted to be home, you know, at all. So I ran the streets. And um, no matter what, I still go to school, you know. And um, age 16, you know, I got the best news. You know, I got a scholarship to go play for the San Diego Soccers, but I blew it. All I had to do was graduate, that's it. And, um, you know, my lifestyle got the best of me. I allowed it. You know, I had issues, I was already drinking big time. I was already doing drugs. As a matter of fact, I was doing meth at the time. And um, I allowed it to get away, you know. My dreams slid away. And um, I lost all hope. I lost all hope ever since that happened, I just lost hope and blame my dad. Lived in denial, you know, when I should just be blaming me, you know. My pride, my ego got the best of me, you know. Bernie didn't need no help. Bernie was okay. Uh, No, I wasn't. My life was unmanageable already at the age of 15, you know. All I wanted to do was just drink, do drugs, do meth, you know, lost my way. You know, well, 
all my bad choices got me to uh, get kicked out of San Bernardino County. Ended up in San Diego here. Now I'm 19 years old and getting DUIs left and right. You know, I got 10 DUIs to this day. And, um, you know, all, all of my life, you know, I'm ashamed of what I used to do back in the day, you know, I'm totally ashamed. You know, I used to hurt people for what? For nothing, you know? And well, as I moved over here, like I said, I started getting DUIs left and right, left and right. Crashing all the time, blacking out. Ended up in cities that I don't even know how I got there, you know? Missing work because I want to drink, you know? Calling in sick because I got a hangover. And instead of sleeping it off, I go get another bottle, you know? So the last time I got locked up, which was last year, July 22nd, um, being locked up, I was locked up for a week, week and a half. And um, I remember, um, remember they took my shoelaces off because um, I think I was so drunk, I said I wanted to kill myself. And I was finding, trying to find ways how to suffocate myself and I don't know why, but I was, I was sick of it. I was tired of tired. I was tired of being tired. I was tired of disappointing my family, disappointing my kids, because everything I did, I always dragged my family into it somehow, you know, painfully. And um, I was tired of it. So they released me on July 22nd and I had made my choice. I was gonna kill myself. I was gonna run into the trolley. I was gonna let it hit me. You know, and I was, you know, you know where uh, City College is at? There's a Sam Lemon right there. Where I was walking over there. And um, I had lost all hope, you know. So as I'm walking over there, something gets my attention or someone gets my attention. And there's this man just on a bicycle going in circles and circles, but I can feel him stare at me, you know? And um, I was like, who's looking? I can feel it. I mean, I can feel it inside me. Someone's trying to get my attention. So I'm looking around and all of a sudden I just see the only person that's just looking at me. And I'm, I started to look at him. I look at him and he calls me over and um, he goes, tells me to have a seat. And right in front of Sam Lamb, there's another little market right there. He goes, have a seat, please. Um, I'm like, you know, my ego, like, you know, who are you? You know, what do you mean have a seat? And um, he goes, I need to talk to you. I'm like, what? I'm like, who would I even know you? What do you mean you need to talk to me? I need to talk to you. Um, all right, so I sat down, like, you know what? Whatever you planning to do, please don't do it. And I was like, what the? I was like, what do you mean? And he goes, Son, he goes, son, whatever you plan to do, please don't do it. Your kids need you. And I was like blown away. Like, how do you know I got kids? As soon as he's put his arm on me, I felt this sensation of everything is gonna be okay. Don't worry about nothing. I'm here to help. I mean, I don't know, I can't explain that feeling. You know, it's just weird. First of all, how he knew I was gonna hurt myself, how he knew I had kids, you know, and I was shocked. So I'm crying and crying and like, man, he goes, you know what, it's all right. He goes, but son, you have a son that's looking for you right now. I'm like, I'm like whatever, I'm just blown away. 
Well, he's telling me, he goes, son, just please don't do what you're planning to do. He goes, look, man, I need you to make me a promise. And just by him, what he told me, I just was blown away, like I said. So I'm like, yeah, sure. Um, what do I need to do? He goes, well, you need to go home. He goes, you need to stop going back and forth here. He goes, go home, go to your family. They're, they need you, your kids need you. And um, I said, all right. And then he goes, you need to seek help, you know? And I was like, okay, but my ego goes, you know, I don't need help, I'm good. You know, I just need to go home and go to sleep. He goes, you need help, you need more than help. And I was like, all right, I stay quiet, you know? And he goes, I need you to go home right now, go to your family. So he, we get up and we go to the, to where you go get that transit. And I swear, man, this guy, he didn't put no money in the machine, you know, and um, we're standing in front of the, the machine and um, all of a sudden this ticket comes and gives me a ticket to get on the trolley. But I didn't see him put nothing in there. It's I'm telling you, I don't know. I, I think it's more, it was a guardian angel, straight up, you know. Um, to this day, I say a stranger slash guardian angel because I don't know how he knew certain things about me that no one should have known. I mean, you know, and that ticket, how did that ticket disappear out of nowhere just by him standing there? You know, and then um, he goes, um, I need you to jump on the trolley right now. And I'm, I, look down, I look down and up and there ain't no trolley coming. And as soon as he handed me the ticket, the trolley door was already open. What? So I'm like, I'm shocked. I'm, I'm blown away. I'm like, how? I just saw down the street, up the street, there's no trolley. All of a sudden we turn back and the trolley's right there with the door open. So he pushes me in there and um, goes, you need to go home. Remember, you promised that you'd get help. And um, I'm just, I'm shocked. I'm just staring at him. And, um, <clears throat> and what he does next is blew me completely because I'm on, the only one that does this to my kids. He looked at me and when I went in, the thing closed and from here, I go like this and tap my kid's nose and I tell him I love you to all my kids. And this man did it to me and blew me away. I mean, exactly the same finger that I did it, he did it. The same way I did it to my kids, he did it to me. And when he tapped, he said, I love you and may God be with you. And I lost it. I totally lost it. No one should have known how I give my, that's my goodnight kiss to my kids, basically. And this man knew it and blew me away. So as Charlie takes off, I'm staring at him because I'm shocked. I'm, I'm shocked. And I'm walking towards the trolley, towards the back to continue staring at this man because I'm, I'm shocked. I'm like, man, what just happened? And as I'm staring at him, he's waving at me. And, um, and I noticed this mom and daughter are looking at me and looking at him. And this U-Haul truck passed by, a big one. And this man was riding his, got on his bike and was going in circles still and looking at me. And all of a sudden this truck passed by and the man disappeared. 
nowhere. I mean, he, I looked. He couldn't have gone anywhere. You, you can look down the street to the right, to the left, up. He, there's no way I, he could have just disappeared like that. And even the family that were staring at me and staring at him, the, the daughter goes, Mom, where did that man go? And um, that lady said, man, I think um, this guy was heading to somewhere not good. And I don't know, look, a guardian angel. And that's what I think. I think it was a guardian angel that, uh, you know, talk about spiritual waking, you know. So four days later, I made the best decision ever. I went and put myself in the program. I've been in the Salvation Army as today, matter of fact, today is 11 months. Next month I'll be a year sober and clean, thank God. You know, and um, you know, I had to surrender my life because I was just sick and tired of being tired. So on July 26th of last year, I put myself in the program. I surrendered because my life was unmanageable. Bernie's way didn't give me nowhere good. You know, I've lost like close to 18 years of my life in jail, always locked up, you know, all because my addiction, you know, especially alcohol. Alcohol was my everything. Alcohol is my solution to every single thing of death, happy news, uh, man, to everything. Alcohol is a solution for everything in my life. So, you know, being in the Salvation Army has woken me up so much. You know, I'm back with God, you know. My faith is strong with my Lord and Savior now. I'm walking along with Him. Everything so far is good. See, I never used to know or felt peace, joy. Never had all that. I was never humble. I never had interrogated, you know. Never had anything like that. But being in the program at the Salvation Army and, you know, getting my way with my Lord and Savior now, walking along with Him now, man, everything has changed for the best. I've never felt this good in my entire life. You know, I started 14 years old, I was 38 years trapped. Trapped in this cycle I'm so used to. I thought it was okay, you know, I thought I had it under control, but I didn't, you know, my life was unmanageable. But now I can say I can manage my life. You know, God gave me free will. I can make my own decisions. You know, now I'm the resident manager now at the facility. Who would ever think that? I know I didn't, because I never, tell you the truth, I never wanted to be sober. I never thought I could. I thought I would always end up in jail, to tell you the truth, or dead somehow. But, you know, man, my faith with God, my love for God has saved me big time. You know, like I said, man, I love to help my brothers in the house now. You know, instead of terrorizing my community, now I'm helping my community, you know. We go to Senior City, feed the homeless, and the house, man, there's always something at the house, you know. I can't save the guys, I'm not God, I can't save them, but I can sure direct them the right way, give them, you know, 
just guide them. That's all I can do. I'm, like I said, I'm not God. I can't save nobody. You know, I can just give you, try to give you the best advice I can because my advice right now, my way right now is working just because I have my Lord and Savior with me right now. So, you know, you guys give it a try, man. I mean, for my new, my buddies in the house, don't give up, man. You know, we are miracles. I'm a miracle. You know, I'm reborn. Thank God. You know, because uh, I was going to give up in life. Tell you the truth, I was. But man, you guys, you know, these rooms right here, they help out big time. I got to come to these rooms every week. I have to. You know, I try to make them every, every single day if I can. Because my stories might help someone else. Your stories might help someone else. So, I love you guys, man. Keep coming. You guys share. Thank you, guys. I'm Michael. I'm an addict and an alcoholic. Hi, Michael. Um, thanks for uh, sharing all that. It uh, reminds me of the angel moments or like spirit working through people. Sometimes it's a human angel, which it sounds like there was a human angel. But then sometimes, I don't know, how do they disappear or how do they know? Maybe it wasn't even a human angel to begin with, right? I do not know, but it's common enough that I believe what you believe. And whether it's the voice of, of God in my head telling me, you know, go left or stop or Michael call somebody or whatever, I know it's real. And for each of us, it's, uh, it's different. But whether it's in the big book or in other spiritual traditions, conversion experiences Chain, wholesale change of the way a person is living their life, like wholesale change overnight or in a matter of weeks where, you know, to hear your story like mine, running hard for years, sometimes trying to get better, sometimes not giving a shit, right? But for years, run in a certain way and then something shifts, something changes. Sometimes it's I get locked up. Sometimes all the wheels fall off and I just have to change. I'm forced to change. But the power comes in or the spirit comes in or a lot of us talk about grace. And that changes everything, the, the, the grace, you know. Um, but for an alcoholic like me and an addict like me, if that conversion experience, that grace is not followed by action, the disease of addiction is this squirrely kind of weird well cunning baffling powerful right that's what the book says and no matter what conversion experience i had a week ago or 10 years ago untreated my alcoholism and my addiction will creep back into my life in a way that i don't even see it coming and i'm going to need another act of god to get out of it so for me i have to recognize how god works in my life through grace, through angels, through conversion experiences. And then I have to, bless you. Thank you. Absolutely, bless you. Um, we're all blessed, but bless you. <laughs> um, but I have to follow that with action. And then I think the, the, the extra gift of grace and recovery is that we get to each help another and carry it forward. And someday we get to be that other angel for the next person. And if you stick around here long enough, you are gonna be the angel for the next suffering some bitch just like me, right? 
Yeah. So thanks for sharing tonight, and that was really powerful. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Michael. Keith, alcoholic. Keith. Uh, thank you, Bernie. That's uh, uh, an amazing story that gives me chills. I um, had an experience this afternoon. Somebody I went to high school with, you know, more than a year ago. Um, <clears throat> Reached out through somebody else, mayor of Chula Vista's daughter, blah, 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 long story short. She called me up to get a price on some concrete work in her house. I wanted to know if I did concrete. And I said, well, you know, I do a little side work, you know, because I, I live in California, so I need extra income. And uh, we started talking about, she goes, well, where have you been? I haven't seen you at a, a bar or anything. And then I said, well, I guess almost six years sober this September. And she said, you know, my husband died of over drinking. I've been trying to quit for a long time but I just am afraid to go to meetings. We talked for an hour and a half about program, not once about concrete. <laughs> you never know when those little moments come in, you never know who that angel's gonna be because I was able to talk her off of a, an ugly place where she was at and realized that the way her husband went out, um, she's got a severely autistic son. I said, well, you know, I've got two, two autistic boys. I said, you know, what is it that you're struggling with? And she named the three things and I said, I can come over there and fix them this weekend. And um, I won't charge you for those because anything that you're struggling with in those forms, I can do it. Concrete's another thing, but uh, it's a hard way to make a living. But the rest of it, I'll come over there and I'll make that, that thing more accessible for you, the house that you've got in. And we can work on that. And I said, <clears throat> and then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday morning, Sunday morning, and Saturday night. She goes, what's that? And I go, those are the meetings I go to. You let me know which evening you're ready to. And then uh, she said, I'll let you know. So it's our mission to give back. And I have had that struggle lifted me, the, the, the alcohol obsession that, that I crave the alcohol. Once I found out it was a thinking disease and the drinking was masking that thinking that I was having, I could deal with it. So I don't crave the alcohol anymore, but I crave the sobriety. And I enjoy it. I went to a picnic yesterday on top of the hill over here, overlooking Otai Lakes at Hawk Park with 80 people in sobriety, and there was fun had by everybody. Bernie was there. And um, were you there yesterday? I thought you were there. There's a picture of a guy that looks just like you. Good looking, my mom. And uh, we had a great time. Barbecued hamburgers for almost five and a half hours. Five and a half hours solid of cooking. That's how many people ended up coming through the day. We had an amazing time. Fellowship and the people that say, well, you're gonna, you're gonna not have fun anymore when you get into Alcoholics Anonymous. Michael, have we, have we ever gone without fun? Some days is a struggle, but we always have fun. And Keith, I'll take another 24. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, Arlene, alcoholic and drug addict. Hi, Arlene. Uh, I've had some pretty amazing um, spiritual miracles. Uh, I came here because of one um, really bad place and it just, it just kept playing over and over in my head to start with me, to start with me. And that's what got me into these rooms, to actually, um, to actually accept that I was a very, that my life was unmanageable. I knew I was a drunk, but everybody in my family was, so you know, um, that was in, that was just normal for me. But <clears throat> I never knew that my life was unmanageable until, until that happened. Um, there was always images 
of like a warrior in my head, like all the time. And coming here to, to meetings um, got me really close to, to my higher power. So I try to make every Sunday um, to church. And I joined like the Rooted program. Um, and on one of the, the, the weeks, it really touched on, on prayer. And um, the last, uh, the last like assignment was to, to invite God to speak to you and tell you what he wants you to do. And it just kind of clicked for me to pray with people and pray over people. So then it kind of came together like, oh, be a prayer warrior. So I started doing that, um, and I don't have that image anymore, and I think it's because that's what I'm doing now. Um, I've been able to pray over people, and um, I had a couple, you know, that they just asked me for prayer because they were trying to get some stuff going, but they didn't really break it down. Um, and so when we were praying, I just kept seeing a homeless man um, under a bridge, and like that image just wouldn't leave, so I brought it up about, you know, God pouring so much blessings and overfilling their cup that they can um, actually be able to have those, oh, those blessings that are overflowing help the homeless in their community. So when we got done praying, she started crying. He's like, you, God just answered a prayer through you. And I was, you know, I didn't know what they were talking about, but um, apparently they were, they've been trying to open up their nonprofit organization to help the homeless people in their community. So those are just been like little miracle things that have happened. Um, just, you know, when I really connect with, with God, sometimes I feel like I'm all over the place. So I have to really like, the program has really taught me to um, just kind of stop, sit still, do my meditation, do my prayer, read my pages 84 through 88, you know, really try to connect into that fourth dimension. And I start to hear him speak to me, you know, I mean, not like, like I hear you guys, but it just starts to come and things start to fall into place and everything just starts to get really smooth. And then I realize like why I met that person or why, you know, why certain things happen, like little things start kind of like popping out and it's like, oh, you know, like it, it comes together what the lesson was or, or what I need to do next i still haven't been able to like or i don't feel that i've been able to like fully help someone else and like go through the steps with them but i think it's because god's still doing a lot of work with me um and like upbuilding me so that when that day comes i can you know be that person that can help someone out uh and that's literally like what i have in my heart all the time you know like that's it's not wanting to go to the bar but you know actually like being able to one day show up for someone else um and that's what like has me happy coming to my meetings has me happy uh i'm in situations where you know i can actually see like god like i i can't believe i was there like i was mixed up in all of that like i can see it now but when I was mixed up in all of the alcohol and the drugs, I, I, I didn't even see where I was at. And I go home crying sometimes and I hug my kids. I'm, I'm just glad that I'm where I am today and not where I was. And I can't even see the darkness I was in. Like, I just thought it was normal. 
Um, and I understand like how my kids felt. And when I see it in other people and, and, and it hurts because you, you see them so lost, like I, I just hope I never make my kids feel that way ever again. Um, and I'll take another 24 with that. Thank you. Good evening, my name's Jose and I'm a recovering alcoholic addict. My name is Jose. Man, uh, congratulations, Bernie, and uh, welcome everybody, all the newcomers. Um, thank you everybody for your reading and sharing. And this program is not easy, man. It's not easy, like I said before, like, and, and I don't get tired of saying that, it's not easy, because I, st I struggle. To this day, I still struggle with my, my, old, my old ways. And, um, I have two guardian angels myself. I got my mom and my dad, you know, and uh, I never gave them a day sober. I've been getting high and drunk since I was nine. I was always around that stuff. That's the lifestyle I grew up in. A lot of us grew up in that environment and I thought it was normal, but it wasn't. You know, they would get mad at me and tell me to be normal. Like, well, give me the example, you know? And I didn't, I didn't know what was normal. You know, I thought beating up your girl and cheating on her and doing disrespectful and trying to be a tough ass. I thought that was normal. That was not normal. That's actually not cool. And um, I did a lot of messed up things in my addiction. I hurt the people that I said I love the most, you know, that was my family, my kids. And um, I was bad. I was really, really bad. Sometimes I, t I ask myself, like, why am I still here? After everything I did, I deserve to be dead, you know? But God has a plan for everybody. Don't give up on yourself, you know? Everybody wants motivation because what the next man has or what the next person has. Just motivate yourself, self-motivation, motivate yourself. Never settle for less, always go for more, you know? I always aim low, I always aim for like low, minimum wage jobs, you know? Warehouse, forklift drivers, stuff like that. I'm better than that. I was able to get 11 college juniors when I was in prison. You know, I got my first hand in this car. I, I, I thought, I, I'm like, I can't do this. I tried it, and you know what? I'm smarter than I think I am, you know? A lot of us, we, like I said, we settle for less. We, we go for easy, that's what I did. I always chase easy. Easy money, easy women, easy jobs, whatever. Whatever it was, I always looked for the easy way out. I wanted to kill myself too when I was locked up. I was locked up when I lost my parents. There was a murder suicide. My dad strangled my mom and stabbed her to death. And then he shot himself with my 22 rifle in my room on New Year's Day, 2009. So what New Year's do I celebrate? You know how hard it is every time New Year's comes around, the holidays? It's, 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 it was a messed up season for me, but now you know what? It happened, he did what he did, but you know what? I had so much grudge and, 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 and resentment towards him. I like, man, I, I, I will always tell myself, thank God he killed himself, because if not, I would've done it. Eye for an eye, you know? And, and you know what? I learned to forgive. At the end of the day, he's my dad, you know? For whatever reason he did it, only he knows. And he took it with him, and he took that with him. I had a lot of a lot of resentment towards God, too, for taking my mom, you know, for allowing that. She was a good lady. She would give you her last dollar, her last meal, or her, her sweater off your back so you could be warm or have a foot in your belly. She was that, she was that sweet lady. And you know what? I got nothing from her. I was always being messed up, but you know what? I know they're watching over me, and that's, that's, that's where I'm at right now, that I got two guardian angels. And I get sad, you know, believe me, I, I was scared of the feeling to come back, feeling love, ashamed, embarrassed from all the bad things I did. 
I always wanted to be high and drunk. Why? So I could have an excuse. Oh, I did it because I was high. I was here because I was drunk. Always looking for excuses. Always looking for somebody to point fingers at. I never wanted to take responsibility for my own actions. I was a kid. I got stuck in that in the kid's mind, you know. And like, but I can't think like that no more. I I've been maturing, and thanks to this program, I have a year sober. And it's all by the grace of God, man. I I finally surrendered myself, like step three says. You know, turn your life and will over to the care of God as you understand him. I didn't believe in God. I told my sponsor, I don't believe in him. He took my parents and this and this and that. I'm mad and this and this and that. I was, and then like, that's a sickness, being mad at somebody, holding grudges. So he took me to the beach and he told me, stop that wave. There was a big wave coming in. I'm like, I can't stop that wave. I'm like, well, that's your higher power, something stronger than you that you can't stop. And I'm like, within time, four months later, I'm like, you know what? That's nonsense. How am I going to be? worshiping a, a damn wave. So I'm like, you know what, I, I learned to forgive. The same way I wanna be forgiven, I learned to forgive others for what they do, whether it's intentionally or not. I learned to respect myself and others. I learned to love myself and others. A year ago, I would not be able to help you in no way, shape, or form, no way, no how. I don't care how much you had, unless you, like I said before, you know, unless you have money, unless you talked about money, women, drugs, I wouldn't talk to you. Because I had nothing, had nothing for me. I wouldn't benefit out of it. But now it's like, I see everything from a whole different point of view, man. I'm willing to help anybody here. Just look around. You're not alone. You're alone because we want to. We suffer because we want to. Pain is part of life. We suffer because we want to. But pain is part of life, man. You're going to go through things. You just got to know how to get over it. You know, it's a storm. Storm never stays. They, they pass by. So just know that you guys are loved, man. And... Keep coming back, and God loves you, man. And I'm going to take a 24. Luis, alcoholic. Ernie, thank you so much for sharing your experience, strength, and hope tonight. I'm going to read a little bit from the big book. It says, uh, practical experience shows that nothing will so much ensure immunity from drinking as intensive work with other alcoholics. It works when other activities fail. This is our 12th suggestion. Carry the message to other alcoholics. You can help when no one else can. You can secure the confidence when others fail. Remember, they are very ill. Life will take on new meaning. And my life has taken on new meaning. Um, I'm very grateful for AA. Um, I got a fresh start here. You know, uh, I came in just looking for a chip. And I got so much more uh, to watch people, it says, to watch people recover, to see them help others, to watch loneliness vanish, to see a fellowship grow up about you, and to have a host of friends. This is an experience you must not miss. We know you will not want to miss it. Frequent contact with newcomers and with each other is the bright spot of our lives. And, you know, that's what I heard in tonight's shares. You know, um, whether you got, you know, 30 days, one year, eight years like myself, um, you know, these promises have come true. I've got, I used to be chasing pleasure and now my, my focus is on purpose. Um, I, my son and I were coming back from his tennis practice earlier today and I was, went to go pick up the Little Caesars. They like Little Caesars. And I, I saw James. And if you don't know James, he's this homeless guy that lives right behind Coles. And he had a sign. He normally doesn't have a sign. He's normally just, but 
you know, he's hungry. And I know James, because I've had a chance to get to know him over the past, I don't know, five years or so. And I rolled down the window and I said, hey James. I was like, I'm just gonna go over there and then I'll bring you some on the way back. And he said, oh, okay. And as I looked in the mirror, he found a spot in the shade and sat down. And I shared with my son, I was like, I used his name. I don't know if he remembers me, but you know, there's some trust to where he knows that I could just rest now. And we came back and I had, yeah, I just got in groceries. So I gave him some of my groceries. I gave him some of our crazy bread, a donut. We talked and um, you know, I, I don't, not everyone that's homeless is experiencing homelessness is necessarily a drug addict. And I learned that by, by being at the rescue mission, by serving out there. And so, you know, I, I really like to just, today just give people the benefit of the doubt, you know? And so, but I had a chance to share my story, a little more about it, plant some seeds, let them know that, hey, we have a recovery meeting here. And, um, you yeah, know, it just filled me with joy, you know, to be able to just serve someone else the way, the way that, this group will, you know, uh, serve me when I first arrived. And to be able to share that experience with my son, and it's not the first time. I mean, this is, I think, our third time um, that where the kids have been together with me, and um, we get to talk to James. And so, uh, you know, I'm just very grateful. I always say that because um, cause there's nowhere else I'd rather be on a Monday, you know? And I've been doing this now with some of the people in this group in some shape or form or capacity with this Eastlake BBA group since August 2016. And the other day someone asked me, when are you gonna give that up? And I was like, would you ever say that to a pastor? <laughs> right? When are you gonna stop serving at your church? You just, do you know what I mean? And it's like, you know, until, until I stop breathing on this rock. You know, will I stop serving in some way or form or capacity? So, thank you. Sal, alcoholic. Sal. Uh, Bernie, that was a great share. Uh, you know, the the whole thing of guardian angel and, and finding your finding God in, in another shape or form, um, and. Michael, that was a good share also uh, about how we can go ahead and help uh, each other and we could be, you know, guardian angels here on earth. Um, brings me back to, I'm only on step one right now, but it brings me back on what I'm working on, the second part of, of Bill's story. When Ebby goes over there and, and to his house and uh, he sees, they, you know, Bill sees that he's a changed man and he's kind of battling with the fact that he doesn't know, or he doesn't believe in God, doesn't believe that there's a, you know, he actually walked the earth and that he was, you know, in human form. Um, but I did a little bit of reading on Evie, and lo and behold, even though he was helping out Bill, Evie went back and he started drinking. And he started drinking really hard. And towards the latter part of his life, he died sober. But it was Bill that was helping Evie out when Evie was the one that helped him out and cleaned his life up, you know. So that is a form of, you know, angels on earth, you know. He went to his old schoolmate and, and uh, 
he helped him out, and then the you know they reversed situations, and Bill was the one that helped him, even though he struggled with it, and uh, you know it's a constant struggle. I I just hit over ninety days, and uh, you know there's been a lot of struggles, but the way I came about uh, becoming sober was my wife called my siblings and I'm first uh, generation Italian from uh, Sicily and uh, all my siblings are in concrete work and they run my dad's business. I'm the only one who does air conditioning. I didn't want to do that, that back, you know, <laughs> that back breaking work. And my dad wouldn't let me. He was like, you're going to college and learn a trade, but I don't want you doing concrete. So when my, when my wife called my siblings up and, and brought, you know, had them come to the house, I was, I was drunk, drunker than a skunk. And um, I'm the youngest of seven kids, but having five older brothers that are sitting there all over six foot, all over 250 pounds, and have hands of stone, that put the fear of God in me. And I was like, I never want to disrespect my family. But my struggle with alcohol was disrespecting my family. And all it took was them to sit there and say, dude, you the only one to graduate from college. You had a scholarship to play college ball. You did all four years. You come back home. And yeah, you have your degree. But at the end of the day, what did you learn? Horticulture? learning how to grow, you know, weed, you know, before hydroponics was even what it is today and paying for whatever you wanted to pay for. And then you stop that. And now here it is alcohol. Your best friend is John and Jack, you know, and that knocked some, some sense into me, you know, to see my kids come and, and, uh, you know, straight straight to my face. We don't want you in this house if you're going to be drinking. So I just did what you did. Just turned it over, did outpatient work. At the same time, I was doing uh, AA, and, and uh, I met Jason, and, and he's he's been by my side ever since. So um, that's all I got to share. Thank you. There we go, bro. I'm good at public speaking, but my name is Vladimir, and I'm an alcoholic. Um, I'm really thankful to be here. Um, I'm glad I gave myself this opportunity. I never thought it would be possible. I wanted to stop my drinking and using. I just didn't know how to. So, especially because I was on the run, I had like I had six warrants, and I was like on the run for almost a year. I was finally arrested when um, this cop noticed that um. I have a scar on my chin because I would always use my brother's name. I always use it in hospitals too. And he, anyways, um, yeah, I'm gonna stick to one one. Yeah. Um, so when I gave this cop my name, he, um, he, he kind of questioned it. And I was, I was really expecting him to let me go because he had worked once before. But he noticed the, the scar on my chin and then he said, he asked the other cop, like, hey, uh, does this look like him to you? And then they were like, okay, so when did you get your ID? Because you barely just, you just got it. You know, he had a picture of it. And I couldn't get that day, so they finally arrested me. And then, um, and it was like a relief to me because I was tired of the way I was living. I wasn't accepted anywhere I went because um, 
the bossmen were going to my mother's house. They were calling my sister-in-law. They were, they were just harassing all my family because, yeah, I was out on bail three different cases, misdemeanor cases. And, um, and um, I knew I was going to prison because that's why I didn't want to get arrested. I, that's why I was on the run. I didn't want to go to prison. And um, I started to pray, read my Bible because I went to quarantine. So I only came out for 30, 30 minutes for like two weeks. I was in quarantine, and I think that's when I really started getting, like reconnecting with God, because I've known about God, and um, that's my higher power. And I prayed to him to give me an opportunity to change my life, and um, and he granted it to me, he answered my prayer, and I was sent to the Salvation Army on July 26th of last year. I was released and out into that program, and that's where I met Bernie. We went into the program together, and um, and yeah, so I was arrested on June 1st, my sobriety is June 2nd of last year. So yeah, and um, I'm really happy to be here. And I, I'm not really, I don't really share much, but I'm thankful for Bernie and Jose because they always, they always uh, like encourage me to share. And I don't know what stops me, but I admire all you guys that do because I want to do it too. And I'm happy to be here and I like this meeting. I think what gave me more courage is that it's a small group today. And I'm, and I'm happy I'm here and thank you guys. <laughs> Uh, my name is Jose, and I'm 32 years old, and I was I was clean for almost two years before I relapsed, and so I guess I'm starting over again, so I'm early on my 30th day, and I know, I'm just thankful for being here, and uh, um, to have God in my life, and thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Hello? <laughs> uh, my name is Cheyenne. Uh, I've been sober for 36 days, and um, I'm thankful to Bernie and all my boys at Sally. Uh, thanks to Adrian for being my big buddy, and uh, I'm looking forward to reconnecting with my family and finding more about God and staying sober. Thank you. One or two 90 days, 90 days in June. Come on up, come on up. Uh, Sal, 90 days, uh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> right. uh, donut, donut, donut. donut. Yeah. <laughs> my name's Jose and I'm an alcoholic addict. I gotta admit I'm happy, I don't know why, but I'm just happy. This is my first actual token. I got like keychains and stuff like that. And my sponsor messed up and he gave me like two, six months and I'm like, ah. So this is my actual first token. Um, you know what, by the grace of God, I got a year, and you know what, I'm happy, man. I found joy, and I don't got to look over my shoulder no more. You know, just keep coming back, stay connected. This is family right here. You know, talk to someone, and keep coming back. I got to take another 24. Yeah. yeah. My name is Vladimir, and I'm an alcoholic. I'm really thankful to have this year. It's amazing to me. Um, I'm, um, all the relationships, I never thought that would ever be restored. God has restored them. And to him, I give all the glory, and um, I thank him, and I put him first in everything that I do, and I'm also very thankful for everything that I went through, because if it weren't for that, I don't think I'd be done today. I don't ever want to go back to the way I was living, and I only can only thank God for that, and I want to thank AA as well, because, um, yeah, it makes me feel at home, even though I'm, I don't really like sharing, but I'm going to work on it, because I know that every time I hear one of you guys, I always get something out of each and every one of you guys, and I hope that one day I can bring something to someone else. Thank you. I 
tried not to share it today, really. I talk too much, bro. You know? I need to listen. Bernie, that was awesome. Um, miracle. Like, miracle. You know, I just love to hear, like, real stories of power like that. Like, and my advice to you, man, don't ever forget that. Like, ever, ever, you know, and share that, dude, with as many people. I've heard little bits and pieces of it, but I got to actually hear, like, the whole thing. Um, what a miracle, right? And Jose and Vladimir, congratulations, congratulations for you guys who got tokens. Um, Sal, it's an honor to have you in my life. I love you, dude, and I'm, I look forward to the journey. I'm super stoked. And Jose, always look over your shoulder, okay? Just so you know, I just heard you say I don't got to look over my shoulder no more. I look over my shoulder every day, right? Because the truth is that I am completely and utterly powerless over drugs and alcohol. And on the best day, I'll pick up, right? If I'm not spiritually fit, I will pick up. It's just that simple. If I do not remain spiritually fit, that's my experience today, right? That's my strength and my hope in my life is to remain spiritually fit because my truth is that if I don't, it's easy for me to rest on my laurels. It's easy for me. I own a business. I own a home. I've been married for 29 years. My kids are adults. I have grandkids. I got money in the bank. I got people out there making money for me. I can sit home and feel sorry for myself all the time, all I want. I can say, hey, I've arrived, right? It's the truth. Never thought. And, and you know what the real truth is? Is that when I walked in the doors of Alcoholics Anonymous in 2018, everything changed. Everything changed. And I can't deny that as I look back on the 18 years prior in business and the struggles and the, and the drug dealing and everything that was compiled and the way that I raised my family and the pain that I put them through, thinking that I had arrived, right? I can't deny it. And so I think my real experience today currently for me is to do my utmost to be in the present to be in the present moment so think about this like you have someone in your life like i have grandkids you have someone in your life some of you have young children right and there's these moments where you get that glimpse and you look in their eyes and you feel this like you're not even human anymore it's just love and joy and it is so, such an awesome feeling, right? That is being in the present. That instant right there. So living in the present for me is recognizing an instant in my life. And sometimes living in the present involves planning because I, I own a business. There's things in my life, right? But it has to happen now, right? And another thing that's currently going on in my experience in my spiritual fitness is to understand that Forgiveness today for me is forgetting. That's what it is. If I'm going to truly forgive myself, my family members, whatever's going on in my life or going on today, I have to forget. And what that shows me is that there is no past. It brings me back to present. There's no future. It's right here, right now with you guys experiencing that story that you did. That right there, that's the power. And then to be able to carry that and to share that love with other people. And I'll tell you what, it takes so much awareness and vigilance and it is so difficult. And all that has to happen in my life, remembering my truth. Cannot forget that 
hey, I'm straight today. You know, because even if I'm filled with joy and I'm in the present moment, I will always be an alcoholic and a drug addict. Right? God will give me a psychic change. God will give me spiritual fitness. But that phenomenon of craving that occurs in my body when I pick up will never, ever, ever, ever go away no matter how long I'm sober. Ever. That's a truth. That's a first step powerless truth in my life that I have to understand. That's where I'm powerless. I'm not powerless in life today. I rely. I ask God to direct me. I ask for inspiration and guidance. And I have to take the action just like Michael said up here. See, I'm backing up the spiritual fitness with the level of action. Choices that are made by me. I'm putting one foot in front of the other, but when it's done with that power of God in my life, then I can begin to be in the present. I can begin to remember my truth. I can begin to express love. And it all happens like that. And that's where I try to, to get. Like today, God's put, placing these people in my life that are asking me for help. So maybe I'm ready. They're asking me to help. I thought I can only do one person. Well, that's not what's happening right now. I'll be sacrificing a couple of meetings and that's okay because I am able to be a real help to other people today. Like real help. Surely I don't feel like a guardian angel, but the truth is I get to be of help. And I get to be reminded of my own truth. So as we're both looking over our shoulders and we're both going through this work and remembering our past, but understanding that it doesn't matter. And, and I also think the last thing I'll say is that there's some pain in this amends process. Okay. So we get up into this eighth and ninth step and it gets painful. It gets painful. Remember our seven step prayer. It says, God grant me strength as I go out from here to do your bidding. So focus on that and don't slack on those amends and get out there and take God with you. Be in the present moment. Because that's the last of your past right there and the rest can happen in the present. And I just see it in people that are up here and I, I, for some reason I feel the spirit. I feel like when people are in that eight and nine and it's coming. So ask God to grant you the strength as you go out from here to do his bidding. That prayer on that page in our seventh step, focus on it. Let it carry you through because after that, man, he's going to start putting a lot of people in your life to help. So, and it's, it's cool. So thanks for the show. Thank you, Jason. If you enjoyed today's podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe at eastlakebba.com. You can also help us reach others by spreading the word about our podcast. Thank you for joining us today on the East Lake Big Book Awakening Podcast.